Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. This week it's animal migration as we look back at Noah's Island and Watership Down. No, not the brutal 70s version, but the less brutal 90s version. And we take a special look back at the cartoon that traumatised many British children in the 1990s, The Animals of Farthingwood. Honestly, this episode is not for the faint-hearted, but you should still listen anyway. We might be stuck inside and self-isolating, but producer Paul and I will be here to still bring you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. So, let's get started. And uh, joining me, as ever, as I said in the intro, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm good, I'm good. Did you uh, hear the clapping this time around? Uh, definitely did not. I think it's oh, getting, you know? getting worse. No. You know what, even... I'm... I, I I read something and I, and it kind of stuck with me about how it just feels so empty at the moment because it's like if the doctors and nurses and the frontline workers don't have what they need to to fight this thing, then what's the point of us all going out there and and clapping? Yeah, it's, yeah. It just sounds all a bit hollow and empty. Yeah, and the government have got a great idea of. Um setting up that charity thing where you donate five pounds but um i thought we were already giving to um nhs yeah. every, every month right yeah so. <laughs> did you see the video of um people at westminster bridge um i saw the police got in trouble for um not social distancing in that video yeah because i think even crested a dick who's like head of the met police was was there and you just had a whole bunch of people crowding around. <laughs> like, are you are you kidding me right now? It was just one of those what is wrong with this country? Yeah. It almost it almost feels like we're having like a, a race to the bottom of America. See who's worst at dealing with this. <laughs> yeah. With this coronavirus, us or America. But uh yeah. I think I think I think I'll get started before uh before I completely um, lose my mind and we uh, we get shut down by the government. Sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> I, I need to put a disclaimer in, though. I'm pretty sure I messed up this week and I only realised during your intro. So uh, I think I've been watching the 1970s version of um, Watch Good. Down. Good, actually. Okay, good. <laughs> so, 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 so people can be exposed to the John Hurt version of it. Yeah, I even watched... I, I didn't watch it, but I kind of skimmed through the movie as well. But anyway, yeah, sorry. That was my uh, little bit That's before all right, but, but, but before we talk about Warship Down, I think we're going to kind of start it nice and easy and start with Noah's Island. So we'll, we're going back to September 1997. <laughs> Again. But like I said, I'm... I think I think I think it's twofold. It's one because it it's a thing where people put shows in September. It's actually a thing. I read an article about how producers target September. It, it is a genuine thing. So, and also, like I said, we're getting new listeners all the time now. I have it on good authority that we even have a listener from Ecuador. No so, way. Uh, yes, I don't even know what the capital city of Ecuador is. Um, I'll tell you. Well, don't look it up. I wanted to see if you knew it. It's like Ecuador City or something. Oh, no. It's not going to be Ecuador City. I, well, 
I, I don't know how to pronounce this, but I'm not sure if it's uh, Quito or Quito or something. Well, like. that's capital city of Ecuador. Yeah. I mean, according to Google. Yeah. Quito. Quito. But yeah, yeah. shout out to uh, listeners in uh, Ecuador. We uh, we appreciate it. And uh, sorry for not knowing the capital city of your country. Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled pod. And September 1997, of course, some of the things happening in the world, the funeral of uh, Diana, Princess of Wales, held at Westminster Abbey. Apple Computer Incorporated names Steve Jobs as interim CEO. Wales votes in favour of devolution and the formation of a national assembly for Wales. LA Confidential was in the cinemas and The Drugs Don't Work by The Verb was uh, in the charts in September 1997. So yes, we're going on to Noah's Island, which was an animated television series for children made by the creators of The Animals of Farthingwood. And like The Animals of Farthingwood, it was commissioned by the European Broadcasting Union. It was directed by Emile Bourget, Philippe Leclerc, Alan Simpson and Frederick Trillo, with the episodes written by Steve Walker. It didn't have as much success as uh, The Animals of Farthingwood, but apparently it was fairly popular on Saturday mornings many British households, particularly with its younger demographic. It's based on the Bible story of Noah's Ark, and the series was praised for its characterization, imaginative storylines, and for introducing ecological themes. This, the, the, the cartoon is focused on the adventures of a community of animals on a floating island that was originally part of the Canadian coastline before being struck by a flaming meteorite. The leader is a polar bear named Noah, and the community includes a pair of woolly mammoths called Salome and Mammoth's Body, as well as a group of animals from a closed-down zoo who survived the sinking of a cargo ship. The island is able to float because of a core of molten magma called the Fireball, which was formed from the meteorite, and Noah uses the Fireball to steer the island across the ocean following a map that Salome's father drew that leads to Diamantina, an uncharted island in the Indian Ocean where the animals can be safe from humans. And during their quests, Noah and the community pass by several continents and they rescue animals in peril. Some of the characters of Noah's Island, Deep Breath, you've got Noah, who was the polar bear, you've got Mammoth's Body and Salome, who were the woolly mammoths, Sparky was uh, the little rabbit that used to stay with uh, Noah. The Vulture Patrol, Rocco the Gorilla, Woomera, who was a kangaroo, Nab was uh, an orangutan, Jasper was a probiosis monkey. I'm not even sure what a probiosis monkey is. Um, the, valve rhino, the Valve Rhino, I wrote the Valve Reho in my notes. I think that's a spelling error. Reg was a, a mandrill. I think that's like a, he wants to, he wanted to be human. Yeah. So he would like try and stand on these hind legs and try and boss everyone about. Ursula, who was the uh, the Welsh bear from the Valleys, and you had Chang, who was a, a panda. That accent, and we'll, we'll go on to her accent. Yeah. Yeah. Incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> the problem walrus. 
Tabby and Ina were the hyenas. Carmen was the aardvark. Agatha was the giraffe. Sasha was a Russian Desmond. Gertie was the female gorilla. Womi and Tusker, I think, were elephants. And then Grandfather Elephant, the lion. You had a poodle, French poodle called Wowie. Kalanor was an Ai-Ai. Imshi was the warthog. There was a dodo called Duda. <laughs> Natasha was the golden mole. Rita was a baboon. Chip was the wallaby. Tallulah was a female rhinoceros. And the Komodo dragon. So Noah's Island. Did you? Had you heard of this show? Yeah, I used to watch it as a kid, and I absolutely no, loved it. You yeah. actually heard of Noah's Island? Yeah, but the the on the flip side of that, I had heard of Watership Down and Animal Farthing Wood, but I've never. How you go hear of those shows and not hear of like the Family Ness or or the Wonder Years from last week? I I, I don't know. This is the one I just used to watch it and I used to really like it. And I and I, I kind of like when you sent me the the message like so we we're covering these shows and I was like I don't I don't recognize it. And as soon as I put it on, I was like oh my god, I recognize this. And then I was trying to figure out why what I liked about it so much. And I think it was um, Sasha was like my favorite character inside it. Ah. Um, which one was Sasha again? Sasha. He was a Russian, de- de- a Russian Desmond. Desmond, yeah, that's yeah. it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I know now. Like, see, I remember this as a kid. I used to come on CBBC like in the afternoons. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was rubbish, but I did struggle to get into it as a kid. It was one of those cartoons where, like, I could sort of watch it in the background. Yeah, but not really, not really be like immersed or I- invested into it as I would with the other the other two um, cartoons that we'll talk about later. And even now, like as an adult watching it for the first time in twenty years, initially I did struggle to get into it, but I can see that it's probably a little bit better than what I gave it credit for as a as a kid yeah yeah i think it was like um for me it was one of those like i was like uh i was looking forward to to watching um to watching it again after so many years and then when i watched it i was a bit like oh okay maybe I'll... it wasn't as good as i thought it was <laughs> but it's mad because like this this cartoon definitely fell by the wayside and it's reflected on the fact that you can barely find it on the on YouTube, I think YouTube only had like a few episodes, and most of them yeah. were like in a different language. So I would imagine it was huge in Europe. Yeah, I thought I did notice in the credits that there was like there was tons of like European translations on there. Yeah, so that was um, it was one of those where it was huge um, across the continent. I was I would think, and maybe there was a a demand from those countries. So I think I came across a Swedish link. So I would imagine it was it was popping in Sweden, but yeah. just maybe not in the UK because this this cartoon definitely fell off somewhat, and it's not as well known or it's not as uh, as prominent as um, as like the other cartoons that will uh, that will will of course talk about. Yeah, but yeah, like I, I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's crazy because um, even like my notes are 
quite scarce for this uh, for Noah's Island, which uh, I don't know. It kind of feels harsh as well, like talking about this cartoon again ahead of the others. Yeah, but I think like it was. It's a very similar kind of. Um sort of premise if you like like the the common enemy in like perhaps not watership down but they are to a degree is is the enemy is kind of man yeah and they're kind of escaping man's like you know and he's machines uh, yeah exactly and and uh, so i thought that it kind of fit it fitted in like really well in that respect so yeah a, i think it's a really good shout in terms of the um the the the, the three today well to be fair it was because I I'm gonna I'm gonna obviously put it up later on, but I did have a chat with Patricia and she had mentioned Watership Down. Yeah, because I'm not gonna lie, I had not heard of Watership Down. Oh really? So my I my no. sister was um there was a bright eyes moment or something like that. And my sister was like crying for weeks, and I still remember I still remember that that now. Um so. So yeah, uh, I definitely had heard of it and I knew kind of what it was about, but I didn't. I hadn't really seen it. I mean, well, uh, you know what? Let's just talk about Noah's Island and and get it out of the way so we can just talk about Watership Down. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, look, this isn't because uh, Noah's Island is bad. Honestly, it's not a bad show. It's not. It's just going to fall behind. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. That- Say 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 something. You but, you liked it as a kid, didn't you? So yeah, tell so me I, about I, that. I, honestly, I really did like it as a kid, <laughs> and it was like the oisky boisky like of uh, Sasha was like hilarious as as kids, um, and yeah, I used to watch it a lot. I remember thinking, "Oh, brilliant!" Um, no, it was Islands on. Um, didn't realize quite how strong it uh, started because I thought it started really strong. Um, um, other than that, I just said, "Oh, the accents! Oh God, we've got to talk about the accents." Right. So first, oh, 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 oh. I, I know Sorry. that I know that um, the accents <coughs> aren't your like. Oh my thing. God! Um, Sorry, that's just got me like an allergic reaction now. <laughs> I'm, starting to, I'm starting to feel like Paul from The Wonder Years. <laughs> Bad accent. Um. So. Obviously, like there's like the Welsh and the Scottish, and yeah, let's Shall talk, we talk about, about the bear. See, <laughs> oh, this is this is my land. See, this is, this, it, oh, it it looks it looks like the valley. See, yeah, it was it's... just it was so put on and so obvious, and then you had the panda. Right, so I think we need to talk about the panda because first of all, right, if we're going to do stereotypical accents, I thought this was a Japanese stereotypical the accent. Pandas are from China. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, like, no, 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 no. Like, see, the thing, because I studied Japanese, there are, I can tell subtle differences between, like, how Japanese talk and how, how Chinese people talk. So, I could definitely tell that the person was trying to mimic a Chinese accent. I mean, you don't, you don't ever mimic a Japanese accent, do you? No, but it sounded quite like. Um, do you know, like when you listen to um, uh, like anime, but the anime's subtitled, like you know, like um, yeah, 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 yeah. So it sounded like that to me, and and it was a bit, but it was a really like I can tell this person is it's, not it's Chinese, not, yeah, of of Chinese descent. 
Yeah. Probably has no Chinese in him whatsoever. Bo just brought him in for the crack. It was like, you're going to play a Chinese panda. Away yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, um, I think, like, people putting on accents, he actually followed through to Warship Down as well because we had Rick Mail doing a seagull, which who was Russian or something. Um, but, but yeah, I think so this is like kind of putting on accents was quite. Um, yeah, it, no, yeah, it was. But you know why? You know what? I, I need, I need to explore this further. Just like the September thing, I'm going to explore this further. Why producers and and powers that be? Why were yeah? Why were accents so bad? And why did? Obviously, as a kid, we're watching it and we don't mind, do we? Or no, because maybe you, we just don't know exactly. You probably you probably don't know, and it's not like. And the thing is, I think that cultural appropriation wasn't really a uh, discussion. It seems like in the uh, late nineties. Um, yeah, but it probably should have been because it, you know you you have to have the argument that there's not going to be any shortage of um, Chinese or well, any 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 background. There's not going to be any shortage yeah. of actors, right? Yeah, exactly. So. How 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 difficult is it, or how difficult was it? I mean, I wanna... How difficult is it to find a Scotsman, for goodness' sake, as well? You know, who was Scottish uh... in Noah's Island? Uh, he was some uh, one of the orangutans was Scottish, wasn't he? Was he? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, I was I was too distracted and uh, waylaid by uh, <laughs> a panda and the bear. I mean, the pandas and the bear's relationship was quite funny, but. <laughs> it was... yeah. they they didn't like each other but they liked each other yeah right let's let's talk about episodes because i i only managed to watch two but i pretty much have an idea of what happened so we can kind of just right. run through that wing it so basically i watched three um uh the first episode my notes are like all of two lines um and I've, I've, talk... got, I've got a bit for the first episode so. so it started off one thing that really confused me was the episode um labeling on usual I'm not sure if you found it but it's like 1.1.1 1. 1. 1. and then yeah. i think but the problem is it wasn't linking properly either so it skipped was it not i i, I accidentally I, I only found it out later but i watched episode one part one then episode three part two and then <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's on you then no but i had to go back and, and figure it all out but i mean it it i didn't notice it did that because i was on autoplay i didn't notice it did that oh. until afterwards so um anyway so you should have clicked on the playlists because then it would have had it in order yeah i did that afterwards in the second time <laughs> around um because I, I i had two attempts at watching this so i watched an episode and then i watched um a few more later on yeah um but the first episode starts off and it obviously tells you about the the the, the island and how it... it's called the lost zoo by the way the lost zoo got smashed by a meteor and then it went straight inside a volcano. Um, yeah. And then anyway, there's like a ship. Like a floating ship. island. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it detaches itself and it starts floating around. Uh, and then there's a, a huge storm and there's a cargo ship, as you mentioned in the intro, uh, that ends up um, sinking. And there's animals being transported to a new zoo inside, a bit like the start of Madagascar. And, um, and then the animals escape apart from gorillas. Yeah, the gorillas mate, and a like leg gets that was quite in bar. sad. Yeah, and, and I was like, she just she, she goes just down with She's the dead. shit. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was a bit shocking. I did not know about that. 
Um, I didn't remember that either. Um, it's just there, and he's like, I want to save her. And it's like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. And I'm thinking, Warship Down and 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 Farthingwood. I'm thinking, I ain't even started those two. And yeah, it starts sure. off with um, a, a death. And uh, yeah, so I, I love Mammoth's body and Salome. Because I think Mammoth's body is trying to propose to Salome. And she's just like, hell no. Because she's like, oh. Will you marry me and be my mate? And she's just like, hell no. Look at you. You're old and useless and yeah, and all yeah. this stuff. And then um, that was when Noah was like, look, I'm going to discover this island and we're going to move it along and we're going to try and pick some animals along the way. That was the kind of decree that he made. And then yeah. he cuts to the animals in the uh, in the ship. And then right. they all just end up coming to uh, the island. I love how Noah's like trying to run towards them, and they're all getting scared because, like, yeah. what do you do if a big polar bear is running towards <laughs> you? Yeah, that's how it feels um, like with me sometimes. If I'm like going, "Hey, look at me, look at me," and people will be like, "Oh, look at you, you're scary, you're a six foot two <laughs> black guy," and it's like, "I'm not scary at all. Leave me alone." So I was like, "I know, I, I know, I know the pain of that poor uh, <laughs> polar, poor polar bear." bear. Um, that's pretty much episode one, right? Um, so episode is that all two? you got for the notes? No, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still uh, talking. I've still got notes. My extra note was everyone gets a job. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, Noah is trying to get everybody together. He's like, look, this is a, a an island, and I want it to be a, a sanctuary for all the other animals because I don't want them getting caught up by uh, the humans. He talks about a place called uh, Diamantina, and he was saying that it's uh, an island that humans have never discovered, and he wants to take the island of his to Diamantina, and he wants all the other animals to come in with him on this journey, and he wants them to kind of build a, a community where everyone's all looking out for one another, so he makes Gorilla the the chief surgeon. He makes Woomera the kangaroo, like chief his nurse. assistant, yeah, chief nurse or something like that. Um, I think the orangutan is the uh, chief engineer. So yeah, it's just assigning roles for everybody, and he's saying, "Look, right, let's uh, let's go to Diamantina and let's live there for forever and ever." Episode two, Reg draws a map. Um, so basically, this is where you see that Reg is a bit of a, a baddie. Not baddie, but he's you know he's not he's not got the best of intentions, and he basically uh, decides that it'd be best if everyone just kept to themselves, like human and, beings. Yeah, and then he's like, like humans, let's draw countries, and everybody lives in their own country. Yeah, and he literally just does what like what humans have done and draw lines on a map. And that's yep. yours, and that's yours, and that's yours. Um, and then he's like, "What about all that big bit that you haven't done anything with?" He goes, "Oh, yeah, that's my bit." So he, like, because <laughs> everyone like a few, you know, a few meters of space. It's pretty much how the Middle East was uh, designed, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's literally like just, a divide uh, and conquer kind yeah, of thing. Like. Just a just a monkey just coming in, going, ah, 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 "Here's Lebanon, here's Iraq, here's Yemen, here's Syria, here's yeah. Jordan." Now, where you go? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, <laughs> yeah, a, a, a brief uh, history of the Middle East there, ladies and gentlemen. You're welcome. The Aardvark. And this is, is ref- where... Oh, say Aardvark, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to talk, talk about Panda and Bear. I, I can't even bother with their names. Um, you said it was Ursula and Chang. Ah, someone remembers the names. Ah, yeah. I, I wrote them down as you um, yeah. as you read them to me. Because they were obviously... Ah! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, uh, Ursula's like, oh, I'm going to get to new country. It's going to look like the valleys. And this is yeah. this is my land now, see? You can't come here, see? Chang, you have to go over there, see? Yes. And and then yeah. basically the honey. They see yeah. uh, honey on the, on the tree and then uh, it's like... Oh, and she's like, oh, the, the, the honey's on my side, see? And I think they somehow decide that they work together to get the honey, I think, to stop the hyenas. Cause yeah, because the the, it's actually like, on Reg's land, isn't it? Yeah, so... But they have to climb a tree, and they can't yeah. get him. But they, they end up getting the honey and trickle some to uh, Noah, who licks it off Rocco's head. And Rocco's <laughs> yeah. like... I can't get this image off my head now. Yeah. You just take a big like just... <laughs> that, that that didn't make me laugh to be fair, and he's just like, yeah, oh can't get that image off my head now. <laughs> and um, I, I I think uh Noah I think Noah kind of bulks at the idea of everyone living in their own um their own country. Yeah. And he's just like, we all should be a community and, and work together. And I think he finds a way to cover the the moving island from humans. So he manages to like steam it up with uh, the the volcano. Yeah. So yeah. I think one of them raised concerns. Oh, what if humans discover this island and, and make it their own? So Noah was like, look, not to worry. Got it covered. Got the steam and that's going to cover it. And that's all I got for episode two. Uh, I got the, the so they had a kind of thing about the aardvark where the aardvark was given an island, but then a crab come and kicked him off it, um, <laughs> and then he was like a he was kind of a refugee asking for help, and no one wanted to know, so he went Aww. to Noah and complained. Um, <laughs> so I went on to episode three, uh, which is where the introduction of Sasha right. who is a Russian Desmond, which is a kind of a rare creature. Um, so first of all, it starts off, and the mammoth is giving Noah a shower. Basically, he's like filling his trunk up with seawater and squirting him. Uh, <laughs> and then he, and then he accidentally sucks up a jellyfish. Oh no! And so he had to get rushed to Rocco to get him so it seemed to. Yeah. Uh, and then Mrs. Mammoth uh, didn't like it and just tells him straight up that she doesn't want to marry him. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, <laughs> so like he kind of talks to uh, Noah like a find out you know the kind of a man-to-man chat you know and he just he doesn't say like i'll oh, do this do that he just says he's like mate she's she's never gonna well she's he says like oh she's never gonna marry you old boy and then it just cuts <laughs> cuts scene it's like um and then the walrus tells him he's useless and unrefined uh and then she's not useless and unrefined um then it cuts to the vultures who the vultures job is to go around and check for animals that need rescuing uh, they get shot at, and they and then they crash, and they go to the circus. Um, and this is where Sasha is chained up, and he's a Russian little. It looks like a little mole kind of thing, and he sneezes, and the chains fall off his nose. 
So then he goes with vultures back to the island. Um, and the dad vulture has um, like a gunshot wound. And he says, no, I'm fine. And then he ends up crashing into the sea. And then Sasha wakes up on the beach and uh, Chang and Ursula find him. And they're scared of him. So they stamp on him. <laughs> <laughs> um why would they do that because they're like they think he's gonna be ferocious so they and then it's really funny he's like uh, did you see how ferocious i was i stamped on him and then because uh it was uh chang stamped on him and then straight away uh she shops him into noah she's like that's it i'm telling and it ends up that he's fine anyway and he ends up getting like he ends up being uh noah's pa but he has to prove himself he has to go and speak to reg um, first thing he gets thrown out of the cave by dogs uh, and then he comes back and he convinces Reg to move these rocks that are on a beach that's what his kind of challenge was um, uh, and it, he tells him it's to train his fleas on his uh, on his fur um, and that's and everyone's surprised he can do it and that was the end of the episode and that was all of the episodes that I watched of Noah's Island oh, okay so I just made some few notes and I'm going to like run down the rest of the whole show. So, um, so where, where, where do I start? Uh, a cargo plane crashes on a nearby reef and Noah and the problem walrus swim out to investigate. They rescue a female gorilla named Gertie who was born and raised in a zoo and bring back to the island. But Gertie's loud and bossy personality soon begins to annoy the other animals. Oh, actually, from the first episode, there was a really like touching moment where Gorilla's outside and he was like, this is the first time in my life that I've spent a night outside of a cage. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. I, yeah, I actually made a note of that. I made, I made a note on my phone about two things, Diamantina and the Gorilla spending his first night outside instead of in a cage. And he was just, it was quite a lovely touching thing. Cause he spent, it looks like he spent his entire life trapped in a cage and he's spending it outside for the first time. And there's a fire that breaks out on a nearby Island, which is inhabited by giant tortoises. And before they reach Diamantina, Noah commands one final rescue mission and the animals evacuate all the tortoises from Burning Island. And they finally make it to Diamantina. And upon arriving, the first animal they meet is Gorm, a woolly mammoth, who turns out to be Salome's long lost father. Oh! (laughs) Plot twist! Oh! That's like some M. Night Shyamalan kind of thing there. <laughs> oh. And then they're settling into Diamantina. However, it's not all it cracks up to be. Because I think it's plagued with earth tremors. So um, oh, what's, 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 what's it called when you're in a place where you're like more vulnerable to earthquakes? Um, I don't know. I know you're on tectonic plates or whatever it is. Yeah, so it's and like in the in in New Zealand, it's called the Ring of Fire. Anyways, where where was I? They're on the uh, yeah, island. So, yeah, um, plagued with earth tremors, one of which causes a rock slide that leaves Gertie trapped in a cave, and Gorm 
confesses that Diamantina floods during the night of a full moon. And the other animals start to blame Noah for leading them to a place where there's always danger. Yeah, nice one, Noah. And Chang discovers a cave full of beautiful jewels. But when Ursula finds out about the cave, they argue over ownership of the jewels. And earthquakes are becoming more frequent in Diamantina. And Gertie realizes that it's not a safe place to raise her unborn baby. And the animals are preparing to leave Diamantina for good, despite Noah's protests. And Ursula has been elected as new captain. And even though like the other the other animals are still trying to leave, but Noah's trying to convince them to stay. And they board the island without Noah. And Reg and Sasha are requested to help the Queen Frog. And yeah, it basically ends with all of them leaving Diamantina except for Noah. Because he's a silly daft polar bear who led them to a, a place vulnerable. But I know there's like a a particular saying that when you're like living like for example San Francisco is a earthquake yeah they're waiting for a new big one aren't they oh I should have paid attention in geography it's I've seen something that says seismic hazard zone but I'm not sure if that's true or not it's something like listeners I beg you lot tell me what it is because <laughs> it's going to bother me forever and ever it's like it's it's literally in my head, but you know what? Move on, move on. Any 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 last things about Noah's Island? Nah. Oh, you only... loved it as a, you loved it as a kid, so yeah. I mean, it, the only thing I would say is that I it, it's one of these things, and uh, I know I messaged you about this before, but it's one it's one of those things that it's the bittersweet um, moments of yesterday's capers where you have to face nostalgia and that's quite a dangerous thing. So um, I really liked this as a kid and then revisiting maybe, you know, the rose colored glasses would have, you know, would have been better in this case, but um, this is how it goes sometimes. I think um, the moomins in reverse. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, one of those things it's, it was still a good show, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't how I remembered it. Well, for me, like I said, I I really struggled to get into this as a kid. It was one of those where I was just watching it just so that I can wait for the next thing to come on CBBC. Yeah. So if it, I think it used to come on like Mondays, Wednesdays, Mondays and Wednesdays, and I would just literally be waiting for the next thing to come on. Yeah. Whether it was I don't know Grange Hill or Blue Peter or whatever, just be waiting for one of those shows to come on, and rather watch those than. Uh, Noah's Island, but um, it's not a bad show, but yeah. So now we're going on to, I, I feel like this is like a double main event almost with these two shows. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Watership Down and we're going back to again, September 1999. It's probably about the 15th show of this uh, month and year. And uh, some of the things happening Sega publicly distributed their final video game system in North America, which was the Dreamcast, with 19 launch titles, breaking video game and entertainment sales records in the first 24 hours. Kiribati 
Nauru and Tonga join the United Nations. John Elway's number seven jersey is retired by the Denver Broncos. American Beauty was in the cinema. And Get Get Down by Paul Johnson was in the charts. And now we're going on to Watership Down. So this is a uh, survival and adventure novel by English author Richard Adams, published by Rex Collins Limited of London in 1972. It's set in southern England around Hampshire, and the story features a group, a small group of rabbits. Although they live in their natural wild environment with burrows, they are anthropomorphized, possessing their own culture, language, proverbs, poetry, and mythology. Evoking epic themes, the novel follows the rabbits as they escape the destruction of their warren and seek a place to establish a new home, which is the hill of Watership Down and encountering perils and temptations along the way. Watership Down was Richard Adams' debut novel and it was rejected by several publishers before Collins accepted the manuscript. The published book then won the annual Carnegie Medal and the annual Guardian Prize and other book awards. The novel was adapted into an animation, animated feature film in 1978 and later a TV series that we'll be focusing on. And even later, a mini series of the story was made, which was aired in the UK in 2018 and was put on Netflix. Adams completed a short sequel almost 25 years later in 1996 called Tales from, the Wa- Tales from Watership Down. It was constructed as a collection of 19 short stories about El Arira and the rabbits of the Watership Down Warren. The title refers to the rabbit's destination, Watership Down, which is a hill in the north of Hampshire near the area where Adams grew up. The story began as tales that Richard Adams told his young daughters, Juliet and Rosamond, during long car journeys. As he explained in 2007, he, and I quote, began telling the story of the rabbits improvised off the top of his head as they were driving along. And Adams's description of wild rabbit behavior were based on the private life of the rabbit, which was published in 1964 by British naturalist Ronald Lockley. And writer Rachel Kaddish had said about Watership Down, and I quote, turns out plenty of other people have seen their histories in that book. Some people see it as an allegory for struggles against the Cold War, fascism, extremism, a protest against materialism, against the corporate state, Watership Down can be Ireland after the famine, or Rwanda after the massacres. And it's been described by a lot, a lot of people as an allegory with the labours of Hazel, Fiverr, Bigwig and Silver, mirroring the timeless struggles between tyranny and freedom, reason and blind emotion, and the individual and the corporate state. And they believe that Adams draws on classic heroic and quest themes from Homer and Virgil, creating the story with epic motifs. And of course, the main themes is exile, survival, heroism, leadership, political responsibility, and the making of a hero and a community. And like I said, it's been compared to Homer's Odyssey and Virgil's Ananide or Ananide. 
and it's been suggested that Watership Down contains symbolism of several religions or that the stories of El Arira were meant to mimic some elements of real-world religion. But when asked in a 2007 BBC radio interview about the religious symbolism in the novel, Adam said that the stories were nothing like that at all. And he said in of the rabbits in Watership Down did not worship. However, they believed passionately in El Arira. The Economist had said, if there is no place for Watership Down in children's bookshops, then children's literature is dead. Peter Prescott of Newsweek said that Adams handles his suspenseful narrative more dexterously than most authors who claim to write adventure novels, but his true achievement lies in the consistent, comprehensible and altogether enchanting civilization that he has created. In the English journal written by Kathleen J. Rothen and Beverly Langston, they identified the work as one that subtly speaks to a child with engaging characters and fast-paced action that makes it readable. And in an interview with the daughters of Richard Adams, they basically said that, because obviously the story is a bit brutal, it's a bit, I don't know if I would want my kids to be reading this at such a young age, but what they had said about it was, and I quote, Daddy didn't like the way people babied and pandered to and ickyized children lying to them about death and so on. We're destroying the environment and endangering all the animals. I think it would be strange to ignore that, which I guess is 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 fair enough in that in that respect. A, a brief rundown of of the story before we get into it some more. So Fiverr. A young rabbit who is a seer receives a frightening vision of the Warren's imminent destruction. And when he and his brother Hazel fail to convince their chief rabbit that they need to evacuate, they set out on their own, accompanied by nine other rabbits who choose to go with them. And along the way, they meet a rabbit called Cowslip, who invites them to join his Warren. His name's and Cowslip. Cowslip, yeah. That's in the novel not in the TV show or the film, I don't know. But um, yeah, so they all, they basically invite them to come along with them. And I think, yeah, they basically find uh, a safe place to, to settle, which is Watership Down. And then they manage to get into another big war with, um, what's his name? General Woundwort. He's basically trying to like find and, and kill them at every at every opportunity some of the uh, the characters so yeah there's hazel who's like the main pro- protagonist of the, of the series and he's fiver's older brother and he leads the rabbits from sandalford and eventually becomes the chief rabbit of watership down fiver is a uh, hazel's younger brother who is a small runty rabbit whose visions of the destruction of the sandalford warren had led them to leave there's Bigwig, who was a formerly an officer in the Sandalwood Ausler, and he's uh, got the appearance of a, a lion-haired rabbit. There's Blackberry, who was a male in the original novel, but in the TV series, Blackberry is a doe. Doe is a female rabbit. So they have doe and bucks in, in, in rabbits, which I didn't know about. 
I didn't know about that. So, uh, doe is a female rabbit and a buck is a male rabbit. And there's Dandelion, who is the Joker and provides the comedy relief. Pipkin, who's the young, adventurous rabbit, eager to prove himself. Strawberry, who's the orange rabbit, who leaves Cowslip's Warren after meeting Hazel and Bigwig and joins them at Watership Down. General Wandwart is the main antagonist of the series, who is a brutal and tyrannical leader who sees himself as the one doing everything for the best of his Warren. Campion, who is the most trusted subordinate, but he doesn't really like Wildwart's leadership and he thinks that it's in it's destroying Ephrafa Ephrafa, but it's torn between his feeling for the freeways of Watership Down and his loyalty to the Chief Rabbit. So Watership Down, you've heard of this. Yeah. Well I've got a question first of all. Are they definitely rabbits or are they hares? Are they rabbits? Uh because they have long ears and they're quite big, so they look like hares to me. That was my first question. Yeah, they're, they're definitely <clears throat> to me. One of the things I really liked about this show is that it was realistic in terms of the adversaries were kind of real. Like, they have, like, they were scared of humans, cats, um, uh, dogs, uh, weasels, anything, that, and hawks and stuff, anything that could re- kill them in real life. They were scared of, and they weren't friends with them. Whereas, like, you get other animal shows... And they're all friends, like a lion is friends with like a gazelle or something. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, then you watch like David Attenborough and you have to explain to your child, (laughs) oh, they're just playing, look. (laughs) (laughs) They're friends, really. (laughs) Yeah. And, of course, the uh, the soundtrack to Watership Down, Bright Eyes. Bright Eyes. (laughs) By Art Garfunkel. See... There's two things, right? First of all, I didn't even know that he released enough music for it to, to even become a hit. And like, Art Garfunkel to release a hit song. I didn't know that was even a thing. Yeah, and I didn't either. secondly, I don't know why this gets such a, a bad rep, this song. It's not maybe, that bad. Maybe Simon spread some bad press about it. Well, aren't, aren't they friends now? I can't keep up with those two. Well, now they're probably friends after Bright Eyes tanked. It didn't tank, though, did it? Because <laughs> it didn't, no. here we are talking about it. And, yeah, sh- sh- like, shout out to my man, Art Garfunkel. I bet, I bet they all ridiculed him and said, oh, you ain't never going to have a hit. Well, there you go. He had, a, <laughs> he, had a, he had a hit record with Bright Eyes. So what if it's so sad and depressing and it makes you want to cry, but... I liked it. Shout out to my man, Art Garfunkel. Shout out to my man. My man. And, uh, yeah, my man. <laughs> <laughs> right, where are my notes? Where are my notes? I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm, I'm like a rabbit in headlights. <laughs> Which goes on to animal farthing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. So anyway, so I did watch the film, but I skipped through it. Um, and because, it was because I was like a morbidly interested in this. Because if anyone's ever Googled uh, Watership Down, some of the 
most things are like uh most searched are like yeah. uh, death scenes and like five times that um it freaked us out or whatever it was and <laughs> and then you watch it and then apparently it's got like a body count like rambo it's what? like it's got i think it was like um there's a bit with like I can't remember the. I don't have the stat on me, but I should have wrote it down. But the there's a ridiculously high body count at one point in the film where like mice are getting impaled on things, and there's a bit at the end where the dog comes out and grabs all of the. Do you know when a dog? Have you ever seen a dog grab hold of like a soft toy and shake yeah. it around? Oh. So it was doing that with the rabbits. Uh, oh my god! And it killed like three in a row. And it's not just like oh, it grabs hold of them. There's blood in the dog's mouth. There's like you can see the open wound. Yeah, and it's like, oh my god, this the is seventies like... had no chill. You had um, this, you had Children of the Stones. Yeah, it was like, damn. I mean, it, I bet, it... and I bet this is come on CBBC as well. No yeah. Um, but it was like, uh... coming up after Children of the Stones, Watership <laughs> Down. And all the kids are just sitting there shaking. <laughs> I don't want to watch cartoons. I want to go outside and play. <laughs> Goodness um, me! But it was quite, um, yeah. I mean, the, the film was quite gruesome, but it was like, and also, was it? Is it Hazel? Hazel dies right at the end as well, and I was like, "What? <laughs> Why is he dead?" I didn't. You don't die in this version. I watched. So no, he didn't die. I'm just trying to think. So I'm, just, I'm just heading back to the links that you sent me. Because I've got to get to the bottom of this. I've got to. I've got to know what I watched and what I didn't watch. As animals of Farthingwood. Um, here we go. So, Watership Down links. I went to the ones you sent me, yeah. which is that uh, was the '99 version. With uh, um, I think Andrew Lloyd Webber composed the uh, the opening music or the opening credits. So, all right. So, shall, shall we go into episodes then? Yeah. I think I think what we should do this time we should try and do it in as much order as possible. So everything that we watch from series one, we'll talk about that, and then series two and three. Okay. So I watched episodes one, two, three. Ten. I watched one and two, and I watched the finale. So episode one was the Promised Land. Yeah. Uh, um. You you've got way more notes on me this because this this for me was a very basic setup episode. Yeah. Same. Um, so so it's, they're all setting off from Sandalford Warren in search for the high lonely hills, which Fiverr saw in a vision as being a place of safety. They encounter dangers such as the river and a dog. And after overcoming those, they finally reach the hill called Watership Down. That's what I've got really for that. Episode. Yeah. So I, my notes were dog comes, go to Watership Down, seagull, fight with cat, make it. Um, very basic setup episode, I thought. Um, episode it, two was home on the down. So um, there's only like um, they've got a problem because bucks don't dig, does only do that. So uh, only the women have to dig, whereas the men have to go out and bow. Roll. Is that a real thing? Is that a real thing in terms of I, rabbits? Don't know nothing about no rabbits. I didn't even know they were called does and bucks. And basically, a weasel comes to the down and they've got to try and get rid of the weasel. I'm trying to remember how they bested the weasel. Didn't they, um, didn't they like put her in a hole somewhere? So, like, um, you know, the little, the little northern mouse 
tricked them from going. Oh yes, yeah, so I didn't. Yeah. I, I, my note says rewatch ending, <laughs> and I did it, and I didn't. What happens was, I think one of the, the big rabbits was like um, they all they all try they all um, get into a little burrow kind of place, and oh yeah, like, and then it caves oh, in, and it, it? we can't really get out of the other side. But they were like, oh, look, we have to try and find a way to stop this weasel. Otherwise, it's going to come back and it's going to terrorize us. So I think Hazel and Big Wig were like arguing over who should sacrifice themselves for the uh, for the weasel. And then the little northern mouse, who is Hannah, Hannah, Hannah. She was like, oh, I can fit in. No problem. I'll lure the, the weasel in. She manages to lure the weasel inside the little tiny borough as well they managed to trap the uh the weasel inside. So that was the um that episode. And there's a, myst- a mysterious visitor that's apparently looking for Big Wig. And it was Captain Holly who escaped from Sandalford, and that's all I've got for episode two. So episode three was um, for some reason they're going to join forces with another clan, like another rabbits, but they're like a bit, they're a bit weird and they can't put their finger on why they're kind of like a cult. Um, little rabbit fiver runs off. Uh, I think big with chasing me gets caught in a snare. Um, and the other, um, the other rabbits won't help. Uh, and basically what they're doing is they're kind of like, uh burying their head in the sand a bit so they're not like they're not kind of acknowledging the fact that people rabbits are disappearing because the humans are leaving food for them and as long as they're not dead they're fine and then they have a big fight and then that's that's the end of that episode uh i then went on to episode 10 because you said to watch episode 10 of animals of fathingwood so i watched episode 10 of this uh by mistake not by mistake but um um, did you go to watch Animals of Fatherhood episode 10? I did, yeah, yeah. So I watched that one as well, but I, I accidentally watched this. Um, so uh, uh, Kiha, the Rick male seagull, who's, uh, again, this is a cultural appropriation question because it's a, like a English what white was, guy. What was the accent? I couldn't tell. Russian. I think it was Russian. I could, I, I could sense African, Caribbean, Russian. I'm, I couldn't. I'm pretty sure he's Russian because he kept putting like ski on the end of everything. Did he? Yeah. All I heard was like, "You need to stop! Don't do that! To stop you did this and, and all that!" And like, I was like, "What? What? What accent is he doing?" Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's meant to be Russian. Um, I can't remember where I got the info from, but uh, maybe I just made it up. Um, so he pretends to be at the beginning. He pretends to be a hawk, and like was stalking the little baby rabbits just to play a joke on them. And then they end up they end up besting him, and he crashes. Um. Uh, then so the whole kind of game, they basically they're at warship down and everything's going a bit too well so they decide that they're going to go and get some vegetables from the garden because they're bored even though they know that there's a dog and a cat and humans there so um they go they go down there and in the, the mouse goes into the farmhouse hannah and she starts to eat some bread and the cat sees her and starts like stalking her meanwhile bigwig tries to lure the dog out of the cabbage patch but it doesn't work. Um, then the cat Tabitha sees that they're um, trying to get the cabbages from the um, cabbage patch. And 
she says, I fancy rabbit now, not mouse, because rabbit's better. <laughs> so she goes to get a thing, and the mouse tries to warn them, and she knocks a plant pot off the roof. So not off the roof, off the window ledge, that so it smashes, and the rabbits look yeah. up and see that the cat's on, the, on her way. Uh, Fiverr gets... They all run away, uh, but Fiverr gets trapped underneath a wheelbarrow. <clears throat> um, and they kind of have this, like, um, plan where they're going to dig out and dig in and try and, you know... Get him out, sort of thing. Um, uh, Hawk bit causes a diversion, uh, which enables um, Hazel to uh, to get to him. I think it's Hazel. It might be Bigwig. Gets to him, and um, uh, they manage to sneak into the um, cabbage patch, steal some cabbages and carrots, and get out. Uh, and the dog then tries to get the cat instead of the rabbits. So they kind of like did this kind of switcheroo thing. Um, and that's all I got for that episode. So it's kind of like a, they didn't need to, but they went to find some danger and get some yeah. cabbages and carrots. Yeah. So episode 13 is kidnapped. So Bigwig and Hazel are worrying about the thought of Warship Down being wiped out. And they don't have any idea of what, wound Wart's plans are so they're trying to get campion on their side and they're basically saying look don't you don't you think that general wound Wart is ruining like efrafa and the whole idea of like living in peace and he's not good for that and it looks like they've tried to uh, convince campion and Campion's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight with you guys, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on your side. But really and truly, Campion, he, it, it appears that he's playing both sides. So he goes back to General Woundwar, and he's like, look, I, I know them. I've, I've kind of got them where I want them. I kind of do this, that, and whatnot. And so, what else happens in this episode? Um, Pipkin is trying to call for the others because they've been gone for a long time and it looks like they've been trapped in an, in, in some kind of ambush. But Campion's like, look, don't worry. I'm going to, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight for you. And then when Pipkin gets swept away into the river, he gets kidnapped by general wound war and his, his, uh, F gang. And that's how that episode ends. And did you watch episode one of series two? Um, so the last episode I watched was actually the finale. So oh, okay. So series right, three, episode it's, thirteen. It's, well, yeah, we'll uh, we'll all, we'll get to that shortly. So series two, episode one, prisoner of Ephrafa, and it looks like like Wound War is starting to bond with Pipkin because he finds out that Pipkin's mum was killed by a weasel. And that was the same thing that happened to Wild Wart when he was a kid. His mom also was killed by a weasel. And so he's starting to feel a bit of sympathy for him. Kind of like a Stockholm Syndrome deal going on. And the others are trying to find Campion. But there's like a, a thing where they'll release Pipkin. But Wild Wart gets to keep the other rabbits to himself. And they have to be part of his... Uh, his empire but 
Hazel sort of hatches a plan to free Pipkin with the help of Campion. They manage to like get all the local animals to help with the plan. So you had like hedgehogs, mice, rats, all sorts of animals, bats, birds. So they all managed to free the um, free Pipkin from Wound War, and he manages to go back to the other side. It was so interesting because they were like, "Oh, shall we just kill this Pipkin guy?" And Wound War's like, "No one is to lay a finger." I don't even know if we yeah, had rabbits even have fingers, but he's like, "Yeah, no one can touch him. He's a guest, and he's like giving him food, and he's like, you can stay here as long as you like. If you need anything, I got you." You're my man and, and, and whatnot. And then I skipped all the way to the finale of Homecoming, which was called Homecoming. And Vervain, who was part of uh, Wandwart's gang, he manages to find the back entrance to Hazel's Warren. And he's trying to tell Wandwart, but Campion's trying to stop him. And he's like basically saying, oh, don't listen to Vervain. He's crazy. He's crazy. He's crazy. But Vervain manages to find. Um, the general and the general's like, you know what? I'm going to listen to this Vervain guy and we're going to attack Watership Down. And when Campion goes to Watership Down, he sees how beautiful it is. He sees how free they are. And so he's kind of, and they're all like to him, don't you want this life? Why do you want to be in a battle? Why do you want to fight all the time? And Blackberry, who's like one of the rabbits, she falls in love with Campion and Campion feels the same way. And Fiverr has a, a vision where it's basically along the lines of if one person can end the war, but you have to pay a price. And basically Campion, there's like a big rock that's about to fall on the general. So he pushes the general out of the way and he takes a hit for the general and he ends the war. So both sides are like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's happened to Campion? What's happened to Campion? And Wound War was like, you know what? We're going to avenge. And we're going to get these Watership Down mugs. And and then that's how that sort of episode and series ends. And then series three, I watched the last battle. So the Ephrafran Ausler flees the collapsing caverns leaving only General Wandwalt, Vervain, Moss, and a handful of soldiers alive. And and obviously the cave-in is not going to stop Wandwalt. Hazel, Fiverr, Bigwig are preparing to wage war on Ephrafa. And Pipkin is recruiting all of his animal friends. And Fiverr senses that Campion is not dead. And yeah, it turns out that he's not dead. And he meets the Black Rabbit of Inlay, who's like this spirit kind of thing. And obviously Campion, he's wounded and he's half dead. And he's like, you know what? Just take me with you. I'm done with this life. I'm done with this earth. Let me go. But the the, the Black Rabbit of Inlay was like, nope, you can't go just yet. You still got work to do. And... Moss is uh, trying to team up with a doe called Heather to overthrow him. And it looks like the the Ephraphans are free of Wound War at last. But 
He also survives from a, a big fall because they just basically attack the Ephrafa clan. And it turns out that, yeah, so one will, he survived whatever. It was almost like Mufasa esque. Yeah. Unlike Mufasa, Wandwalt survived because Wandwalt is a is a stronger man than Mufasa. And probably didn't land under a ton of wildebeest. True. <laughs> in the middle of a in the middle of a stampede. Yeah. And then yeah, episode thirteen, the magic. Um. So this is. Uh, I started writing my notes like um, Star Wars episode four. The first thing I wrote was like it's a period of civil war, um, which, which is basically the start of Star Wars, right? Um, anyway, so it's a pretty intense like battle sequence, like most of the way through the episode. Yeah. Um, so it starts off and it's a huge battle, um, and it ends up with like uh, Hazel and the gang like beating a retreat back to the um, uh, to the Warren. Warren. Um, and 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 Hazel gives like a little briefing post battle, some kind of a debrief, and says like, "Guys, we're getting messed yeah. up. Let's let's run off." Um, <laughs> uh, and then everyone says like, "No, let's stay." He says, "I'm going to stay and have a final stand and give everyone yeah. a chance to run away." And everyone's like, "No, let's all stand and fight," sort of thing. And then um, I'm I'm making this really short, but it was like quite intense. Um, uh, and. Everyone stays with fights. Um, and then, so there's a bit I didn't understand, but I'll, I'll say what I wrote down anyway. Um, kind of big battle, like their kind of last thing, everyone's like fighting. And um, uh, there's a silver rabbit thing. Uh, and Hannah's there. She's got this magic where she can like do something. And this silver rabbit steals the power of her and then summons this demon thing. And all the bad guys just get blown away, just like that. Uh, but it was at the expense of him, and he dies at the end. Because, of... yeah, the, the the magic, there was a high price. And it yeah. appeared that he betrayed them all. Yeah, exactly. By using that magic, but turns out that he, he didn't, because he knew that using the magic came at a... An ultimate price. Came at an ultimate price, where you sacrifice your life, and that's exactly what he did. And yeah, I've got I've I've got pretty much everything that you said, and yeah, Bigwig has a big one-on-one battle with uh, General Wildwort, so that's another kind of side note from that. And uh, yeah, Wart's ship down is saved, yeah, and the animals can all live in peace and harmony. One thing I will say about Wart's ship down was, I think because obviously we're kind of like skimming through it, it's one of those shows where you need to watch it from the beginning and follow it on yeah it's not one of those where you can jump in and out like we kind of did but uh yeah i think like we can get like a premise of it and we can enjoy it yeah i mean i know that my sister was like in bits um with this show so i know that there's a lot more to it than we're we're letting on but um but yeah great great show nonetheless it's a bit weird that we have to choose now to be honest because I forgot that this was part of the verses. Oh, God, we have to choose, don't we? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We have to choose. Um, um, is it even worth it? Should we just go on to Annals of Farthingwood and have a chat about that? No, we have to. We have to. It's, it's, it's to, to, to hold the integrity of the podcast. Do you want to go first? You know what? I nearly picked Noah's Island. 
nearly really what the gorilla said in the first series that really struck a chord with me about him being outside for the first time ever in his life because he was spent them all his life in a cage oh but yeah i have to go with watership down because i think with this show it was um it was deep man it was a lot deep than we gave it credit for yeah absolutely and it's it's one of those stories where it is really wholesome it's exciting it's tense there's something always happening i like the rabbits all together and and whatnot the accents didn't bother me as much with this show as it did with uh, Watership Down. So, yeah, it, it, it has to be Watership Down. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to go the same way. Um, mostly because um, I had, like I said, I had that thing where when you revisit a cartoon, it's nowhere near as good as you remember it. Um, which, like I said, this is a bit of sweet, ver- this is a bit of sweet side of yesterday's capers because uh, on the flip side of that i discovered watership down which was like you know very it was like kind of really i I like the fact that it kind of bugs me a little bit how all the kid shows have like like i said earlier like lions like playing with gazelles and you know and and things like this because it's like when when a kid does watch david Amber, they are going to be shocked when the lion rips the throat out of a gazelle so you know, so I like the fact that Watership Down had the, the, the rabbits were scared of everything, and they, they, you know, they were prey basically, is what they are, right? They're not, yeah. they're not a predatory animal. Well, could have fooled uh, me with General Wildwood. <laughs> yeah, but you know, what I mean, especially the beginning. I ain't gonna be eating him if I'm a fox. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, but yeah, and like I said, it's very deep. Um, the, Noah's Island did start strong, especially with losing his um, partner in the, in the, in the bit at the beginning oh, but Noah's island yeah yeah i mean but it it just wasn't for, for me it wasn't as deep or as like um as well executed as warship down and i think that's probably it had a lot of background and you know it comes from some like uh so, so it comes from history like literature history so i think it it's you would struggle to um keep up with it yeah 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 and uh yeah that's that's all that's got to be said about that, really. <sighs> okay, deep breath, deep breath, deep breath, deep breath. Now we're going on to the animals of Farthingwood. And we're going back to January 1993 again. And some of the things happening in the world. Czechoslovakia ceases to exist as the Czech Republic and Slovakia separate in the so-called Velvet Divorce. The European Economic Community eliminates trade barriers and creates a European single market. Bill Clinton is sworn in as the 42nd President of the United States. Nowhere to run within the cinemas. And No Limit by Two Unlimited was in the charts. So The Animals of Farthingwood is a series of books originally about a group of woodland animals and it originated with the 1979 book The Animals of Farthingwood written by Colin Dan and was followed by six prequels 
And it had two separate paperbacks, which was Escape from Danger and The Way to White Deer. And obviously the books tell the story of a group of woodland animals whose home has been paved over by developers. And they learn of a nature reserve, White Deer Park, where they will be safe and undertake to make their journey together. And to set success of the book led to a further six novels detailing the adventures of the animals once they reached White Deer Park and a prequel showing how Farthingwood came to be destroyed. So you had In the Grip of Winter, which came out in 1981, Fox's Feud in 1982, The Fox Cub Bold in 1983, The Siege of White Deer Park in 1985, In the Path of the Storm, 1989 and finally battle for the park in 1992 and yeah the prequel farthingwood the adventure begins came in 1995 one of the key components of animals of farthingwood was the oath of mutual protection which was basically an oath that was brought together by badger and his father and it's just basically a way to continue to respect each other. And as they say in the show, I, animal, do solemnly swear not to swallow anybody whilst on this journey to White Deer Park. And they actually continue the uh, the oath whilst in White Deer Park. So it opens up with the animals discovering that their small pond has been filled in. And humans dug up the surrounding heath some time ago and reduced the size of farming wood itself since then. So it's now little more than a copse. And the first phase of adventure is dogged by danger. So they have to go to cross a housing estate into army land. They have to stay in a, in, in a barn so that they don't get shot at. After several days of trekking, they get to a river. And most of the animals made it to the other side. But the rabbits, however, panic. And they're all just climbing on top of Fox going, Save me, Fox! Save me, Fox! Save me! And Fox is like, get off me, you idiots! I'm going to drown! And they're all just like piling on top of Fox. And while Fox ends up going missing for like a few episodes, they um, manage to like carry on the journey and Fox manages to catch up with them. And he meets, that's where he meets Vixen. And they end up going back on, on course to White Deer Park. And along the way, they meet a droll heron called Whistler, who is impressed by how the group have a respect for life. And he wants to find a mate. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to come to White Deer Park with you guys. And this is when they reach the busy motorway. And we'll talk about that when we talk about that. I don't want to get emotional just talking, thinking about that episode right now. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm, 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 I'm going to save that for um, a little bit. And obviously, once they cross the road, they arrive at White Deer Park. And in 1992 was when the... Uh, the British and French animated series of Animals of Fatherwood got commissioned by the European Broadcast Union 
and it was produced by Martin Gates Productions in association with Tele Imagination based in London and Le Fabrique based in Montpellier and it aired in other European countries such as Norway, Germany, Netherlands, Belgium, Ireland, Italy and so there's quite a, a few differences between the books and the TV series most notably the changing of a number of characters from male to female. So that included Adder, Weasel, Owl and Kestrel, but still retained the markings of a male Kestrel. An Owl had been known as Tawny Owl in the books. And there are minor plot changes, such as the order of the pheasant's deaths, the deaths of Badger and Moly, and the motives of certain characters. Scarface in the book has a different reason for attacking the farthing animals and Bold leaves the park after an argument with his father rather than to find a mate as he does in the books. And the only main plot line that is left out of the series is the plot of the Siege of White Deer Park in which the character known as the Beast, a big wild cat, attacks the park causing further trouble for animal survival. And the storyline of this book is presumably removed because of too much horror and peril themes, as opposed to the impaling of the mice and the hedgehogs dying and the <laughs> pheasants getting shot at. Wow. And some characters, so notable Fox, Badger, I think they all kind of explain themselves, don't they? So we don't really need to talk about that. Digital Spy, however, did do six times the animals of Farthingwood traumatized us for life. So uh, in at number six is Bald finally makes it home and dies. That was very emotional. Five, Sinus or Sinuous gets choked to death by the rats. Sinuous was uh, a snake and was meant to be Adder's mate. But he gets choked to death by the rats. Four, the baby mice get impaled. Three, the pheasants are killed. Two, the hedgehogs are run over. And in at number one, Badger Mm. dies of old age. The wise old Badger. And uh, Sam Routledge of the spin-off, which is a New Zealand publication, had said nearly 30 years ago, the animals of Farthingwood debuted and promptly traumatized a generation of children with its <laughs> cavalcade of animal slaughter. Uh, <laughs> wasn't that bad? Come on! No, I mean, let's face so, it, they didn't uh, show anything. They didn't show any... Animal, yeah. Much. Yeah. Right. Let's, 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 let's just... Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> get into Animals of Fatherhood. Yeah, well, so you, you've basically done the plot. So, um, I think I had the books as a kid. And I probably watched one or two episodes, but it's not something I really remembered that well. Maybe I was a bit young when... Oh, I when... remember watching this every Sundays, every Sunday mornings on yeah. BBC2. They would show it right after the kiddie cartoons. And then they would show Animals of Fatherhood. And literally, we used to all, like, all my brothers and sisters and whatnot, we'd all gather together and watch this. And we were just watching it together and just horrified by what we were seeing absolutely horrified and um i'm just you know i'm just getting emotional even just thinking about it now with some of the uh some of the deaths 
So did you have a favourite character? Um, not really. I mean, the thing is, I'm a big fan of owls. Like, they're one of my favourite animals, like, anything. But this owl wound me up. So Really? I loved Owl. It's just everything Everything she says has to be like a... I managed to write down a couple of her things that she says, yeah. So in the first episode, she says, because they're all going down to Badger's Hole for the big meeting, and she's yeah. like, he who dwells in the soil himself becomes soiled. He who dwells <laughs> in the light shall find enlightenment. <laughs> and then basically having a dig at Fox. She's like, he who risks the lives of many on the word of one will soon learn that the words cost little and accomplish nothing. Yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah, that's it, it, it kind of annoyed me a little bit. But it, not like annoyed me as in like that's stupid, but, you know, like an oh, irritating character kind of thing. Speaking of irritating characters. <laughs> oh, the bloody weasel. <laughs> uh, I love oh Weasel cracked me up so much. I remember in the first episode when Fox is like to Badger, oh you need to gather all the animals up, and Badger's like, who really me? It's like, is there not anybody else? And then Weasel's like, of course there's not. You're the biggest busybody around here. <laughs> that made me laugh so much. And he's just like, shut up, Weasel. <laughs> you annoying little fish. He's like, he's like, you're the biggest busybody around here. You know everything about <laughs> uh, Honestly, I was creasing for about. I had to pause it and just like crease for like five minutes and like right, get 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 back into it. Oh, I loved Ada. Oh, Ada was annoying as well. Ada was the best. So going to go down. I was like, ah, get on with it, man. Oh, no, no, no. But Ada was the one, though. Like, she's just, she's like the original antagonist. Like, not not antagonist, but she's like the the villain you love to hate. That was, that was, that was definitely her. And um, so we just get into episodes um just get this emotional yeah i mean out of the way done most of them to be honest like uh all right i mean well we haven't talked about specific things that happened in the episode well my notes weren't specific so specifically you've done all my notes all right well okay so episode one is the wood in danger so toad has been gone for for a minute and he was like <clears throat> during my travels I got caught by a bunch of humans and they put me in a jar. I managed to get away from them. And he spoke of a, a nature reserve that he came across during his travels called White Deer Park. And he was like, look, we um, this is a place where humans protect animals. This is a place where animals can go and they can live in peace and harmony. And they're looking around farthing wood and it's a state Everything is getting covered up. Man is cutting all the trees down. And so um, they have a, an, an assembly, a gathering of all the animals. And Badger's like, are you sure? We haven't had one of those in years. And he's like, we only do that for emergencies. And Fox is like, well, what do you call this, Sunshine? I reckon it's a bit of an emergency, if you ask me. And they all they all meet up in uh, in Badger's little hole, 
and he's putting glow worms and he's like to Ada, don't eat the glow worms. She's like, sucks. <laughs> and then that's when Al's like, you really expect me to go in there? And that's when she comes up with her, he who dwells in the ground and all that. And what have you I had to, you know, I had to like write that down when she said that. I was like, I had to, I had to remember it. And then that was when they all were like, you know what? We need to get up out of Farthingwood and go to this White Deer Park as long as Toad remembers the way. And he's obviously like, yes, all right, mateys, I know the way to White Deer Park and, <laughs> and, and, and what have you. And so they all vote. And then all the smaller animals were like, whoa, 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 hold up, wait a minute. Like, y'all can't expect me to travel with our natural enemies. So the rabbits and the hares were like, you expect me to go on a journey with foxes? And the mice are all like, you expect me to go on a journey with uh, the snakes? And they were like, the only way to fix this is the oath of mutual protection. So basically, they're all like, I... um, What was the oath of mutual protection? Yes, I... Name of animal. I love how some of them are going. Name of animal. Name of animal. Like, <laughs> no, you're meant to say I rabbit or I mice, and then they'll obviously say, "Oh, I rabbit." Do solemnly swear not to swallow anybody, and then you got Ada looking into the hard camera, going, "Not while anybody's looking." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like literally scaring all the little mice, girl, with her mouth open, like ah. And they're like, yep, yeah, they're going to do the uh, the oath. And that, you know, we're going to meet at midnight and we're going to set forth and travel on to White Deer Park. And what was the next episode you watched apart from the pilot? So I watched episode two. Um, and this is where they start moving. Uh, Toad's the leader. He's the guide. Uh, they agree that Fox is the boss. Um, and one of the things, so they basically, they, they come across... Um, they're walking and everyone's thirsty so they need to stop at a, like a watering hole and they come across someone's swimming pool first of all i'm pretty sure that no one in the uk has got an outside swimming pool um second of all you live in the country you do no nah, man um uh one of the things is a toad jumped in the water and he was like oh look it's really good but toads can't swim they're not they're not they don't live underwater they they'll drown they like damp they like damp places so is that a misconception then yeah, like frogs, they have webbed feet, right? They can swim. Yeah, yeah. Toads don't have webbed feet. Toads just like live in the damp, in like a uh, dark places. But yeah. Well, why don't you tell Colin Dan this then? Well, I think it was just a bit of a bit of like a why would you make that mistake? But um, I found a toad once and I put it in the pond and I got told off because it was good. it was just sitting, it was just sitting on the bottom like. It's... <laughs> <laughs> That's um, animal cruelty, that is. Yeah, so my, my mum told me to fish it out and put it back where I found Maybe it. Maybe he's a frog, though. No, he's, he's, well, he's called, he toad. called Toad. Toad. I didn't see if he had webbed feet or not. Maybe I it's saw... like if if, 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 it, if there was a rabbit and that rabbit was called Hare. It might just be Toad by name, but frog yeah. in nature. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, we'll let him off that. Um, that. That's one of the thing, first things I wrote down. Anyway, um, so basically they're all in the garden, they're in the pond, and they're basically having a, too much of a good time. Uh, it, the humans wake up and the cat comes out. Um, and then the fox basically smashes the cat flap back down so the, <laughs> the cat goes back in the house. Uh, and then they all kind of run off. Uh, then, then they come across a road, a little road, um, and they 
after you know some uh, little moments here and there, they manage to cross, and then they all fall asleep um, after because they're knackered. Right. So I watched episode four and five. Oh, I watched episode three. Should I just quickly oh, say that one? Yeah, do episode three. Yeah. Um, so this is a quick one. You've already mentioned most of the, what of my notes. So basically, they come up and they hear shotguns. They think it's like shooters, but it turns out, turns out to be an army training camp. Uh, they come across like this pond thing, and the newts decide to stay in the pond because um, that's where they kind of live. Um, the shooter shot, shoots the pheasants' feathers off the tail feathers. Uh, <laughs> oh, I oh, I loved in episode one when they're like, "Oh, I hope we're not late, are we?" It's like it's because the missus takes too long to get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "It's not me, it's you." It's, you. it's like, "Oh, do be quiet." <laughs> He's like, "Oh, yes, it's the wife. The women always take so long to dress." I didn't I like have- it. Who, the man pheasant. The man, I didn't like him. He's, the male pheasant's plumage is much more um, uh, ornate than a female pheasant's. So that's maybe they've done a re- character reversal. Um, some uh, shooter guy drops a cigarette on a field and it sets the field alight. Uh, and then Fox rescues Toad because he's going to fry. Um, and Mole gets lost and the humans pick him up. Um, and he ends up getting out himself and they go back uh okay so that's all i've written wrote, and, the wrote newts, and the newts perish in the fire oh do they yes oh i didn't know that that's brutal that's why i was like going ooh, ooh, when you're saying the newts decided to stay oh, i didn't know they died in the fire i think they did uh. i think that was kind of suggested anyway so i watched episode four new haven and yeah so they basically come to a border fence but they can't rest because of the rain so toad finds a dry warm barn for the animals on farmland so the animals are setting off to stay in the barn and fox is worried that they're quite close to humans but Kestrel, Owl, and the pheasants decide to take turns sleeping and take turns to keep watch from a plum tree. However, when... Because obviously it was time for the pheasants to do it, and so Mrs. Pheasant is trying to wake her husband up. She's like, wake up, wake up, we've got a watch. And he's just like, oh, I'm far too busy for that. I'm going to sleep. He's like, you go and watch. And so she's just like, okay. Pop, 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 and she's going to uh, to watch. And basically, she hears that the farmer is coming out. So he's she's trying to warn the other animals. She's like, "Oh, oh no, the 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 farmer's coming." And oh, and so yeah, so pheasant, she hears um the the dog and the farmer coming out. And obviously he's got a gun because he's, he's he's off out hunting. She gets up from her her little stool place and she's trying to warn the other animals. But she's literally like in the middle of the road and she bumps into uh, the gunman. And he sees a pheasant. Pheasants are game birds. <laughs> Mrs. Pheasant gets got. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. And he's like, <laughs> my poor wife. And all of a sudden he realizes 
how lovely she was. Oh, here's another reason why Mr. Pheasant is an ass. So she gets him a tail to replace the one that got burnt. And he's like, oh, it's hideous. Get it off me, you stupid woman. And he's ba- and she's like, I'm only trying to help. I'm only trying to get you a nice pretty tail. And he's like, get it off me. Get it off me, you idiot. That was another, uh, another reason. And so basically all the uh, woodland creatures are digging their way because obviously the, the, um, the barn is locked because the, uh, the farmer realizes the fox is inside. He's like, I'm going to lock you in. He's like, you're mine, fox, you're mine. So he's fox is locked inside. And so basically all the, uh, the, the creatures with big teeth basically chew at the wood. They're just going, and then Molly manages to funnel uh, an exit out of the uh, the barn, and they all manage to get out. But they all realize that Ada is still hiding at the farm, so they all forget about Ada. And Ada's like in a uh, in a bucket, and she's asleep. <laughs> she doesn't realize what's happening. And then episode five, snare for the unwary. So. They're all in. They're all safe, but then they all realize, like, oh no, um, Adder is still back there, and so they're all thinking, oh, who's gonna go and get Adder? And so Mister Pheasant's like, I'll do it, I'll do it, and everyone's all shocked, like, damn, really? Like, you're a coward. Like, why are you gonna go and say? It? He goes, no, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it. But then they're like, maybe you shouldn't because apparently pheasants are really rubbish at flying. Yeah, they're not. They're not great, and they make a big racket when they do fly, and they get shot. Yeah, great targets for shotgun. <laughs> and so he's going off trying to save Ada, and so he's he's like standing on the corner of a window, so going. Ada, where are you? Like, really, like, in a quiet voice. And he's just literally sitting there on the windowsill. And then, obviously, he sees, like, a cooked pheasant outside. (laughs) So he's like, my wife! (laughs) And then Ada sees him, and she's like, get down from there, you idiot! And he's like, why? Get down from where? And then get shot up. Y'all know what happens next. He... You know, your man probably couldn't believe his luck. Like, one pheasant? But I'm going to get two? And so... (laughs) And then they hear the gunshot from where they were. And they were like, oh, no. Pheasant pheasant got got. Pheasant got got. And then then Fox is like to Owl. Okay, look, Owl, can you go and get Ada? And then Owl's like, well, since you asked... I'll be glad to go and get um, Ada. And so Owl's going to Ada. And so between the two of them, they have a little natter, as as you do. And they're, and they're basically like having a, a little bitch about Fox. They're like, oh, Fox, isn't he useless? And they're like, I couldn't agree more. What do you suggest? We do. And they were like, oh, and they're like, oh, Badger, don't get me started on that old fool, Badger. <laughs> and Ada's like, oh, look, I got this nice little wrap for us that we can have for dinner. And so they were going, and they're just basically having a little natter. 
and saying, oh, well, should anything happen to Fox, we can take over. And they're all having a little... <laughs> and then they're like, oh, should we go hunting? And they're like, yeah, sure, let's, let's go hunting. And then they managed to touch base with the rest of the animals in the morning. And then they uh, basically, they see a river. And everyone's like, oh, I don't know about this river, if we can cross the river. And the hedgehogs are like, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll cross the river. We're not going to curl up into a ball. Everything's fine. And so, yeah, most of the animals make it across the river. And then you've got the rabbits going, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. <laughs> They're all like panicking in the water. <laughs> And then Fox is like, all right, fine, I'm going to go back and I'm going to try and get one of them, like, one by one back to shore. But the rabbits are all jumping on Fox going, save me, Fox! Save me, Fox! Save me, Fox! And then the Fox is like, get get off me! You're, you're going to make me drown! And they're like, get these rabbits off me! And they're literally climbing on top of Fox and they're, like, pushing him down, pushing him down into the water. And then Badger's like, right, everyone, grab a rabbit and just take him to the other side. And by the time they do that, Fox is like, oh, Badger, you old codger, why did you come for me? I'm done for. And Badger's like, yeah, not a chance, mate, not a chance. And then they get swept away from the river to the waterfall. And everybody thinks that Badger and Fox are dead, but they're not. Did you watch any episodes between 5 and 10? No, I watched 10. Okay, so basically what happens between 5 and 10? Briefly, Fox is not dead. He is very much alive. He's trying to find the, the others and he's trying to find the scent of the other animals. But he comes across a fox hunter. So he's basically making a run for it. And that is where he meets Vixen. And he tells Vixen of what he's planning on doing. So they're going to White Deer Park. And he wants them to start. He's saying, look, I've got, I'm traveling with a group of animals. We've got this oath of mutual protection. Why don't you come with us to White Deer Park and you can be my mate? But Vixen's like, uh, yeah, not yet. Not yet, boy. Like, I'm not going to let you have it that easily. So she's like, let's, 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 let's see how things go. And. We'll see what happens. And then, yeah, he basically catches up with them. And they're about to encounter a busy motorway. And that leads us to oh, episode 10. Between two evils. So, yeah, as I said, there is a motorway that is lying ahead of the animals. And... When Toad first went to see White Deer Park, it was still under construction. And obviously, apart from the birds, everyone is hesitant to cross. And they're all going like, you know what? We had a good run. And all the little animals are like, you know what? We're going to stay right here. But they heard like the hunting horn in the distance. And Fox was like, look, there's a hunting horn. We need to get up out of here. And I think Owl's like, the only person who's in danger of the hunting horn is you, Fox. Not not all the other animals. And obviously he's like, you know what? Fine. Y'all can stay here, but I'm not going to wait around to see what happens with this hunting horn. 
And then that's when they all agree, like, you know what, I right, fine, let's all try and cross the road. The first part was actually quite all right because it was like massive traffic, traffic jam. And, you know, so they all could like sneak through and try and go slip and slide under. You had weasel showboating, like crossing the road and then coming back again. And she's basically like going, ah, look at me, look at me. Ah, and just being a complete banter merchant. And Badger's like, weasel, you idiot. Get back to the other side. And even like at the first part, the the hedgehogs were still curling up into a ball. Yeah. And they were all like, whatever you do to the hedgehog, they're like, don't follow your instincts for, for once in your lives. Do not follow your instincts. Just go, go, go. And by some kind of miracle, they make it to the first part. And Whistler carries Toad completely to the other side because obviously Toad is important. And Whistler tries to take some of the other smaller animals with him to make it to the other side. He did initially try to take the hedgehogs, but they're too thorny. Quite, yeah, they're too thorny, so it didn't, it didn't, it didn't quite work out for them. I'm afraid, and they get um, flattened. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold up, wait a minute. It, it a lot of things happened between then, and. Basically, Weasel gets into a fight with humans because they're obviously like, oh, daddy, look, all these animals. And the dad's like, oh, oh yeah, they're vermin, they're vermin. <laughs> and they're like basically throwing stuff out of the car. And Weasel's just, <laughs> there's a can and Weasel just launches the it through the window. Hurls it into the car. <laughs> and, then the, and then she gets like a whole bunch of stuff. I was like, good Weasel. <laughs> I never loved the Weasel more. Than I did at that point when she's throwing stuff back at the humans. Like, who do you, who do you think you are? Like, I did enjoy throwing, that bit. Throwing, throwing things at the uh, at at the humans, and it comes to the point where they're all on the other side now. And Fox is like, "Look, whenever there's a gap, like it." So the foxes and the hares manage to make it to the other side. And then Badger's like, for the next group of animals, right, whenever there's a gap, we have to take advantage of that. And so they make it to the other side. And then the hedgehogs start to cross the road. And it appears that they're doing well. And then Mrs. Hedgehog turns around and she's like, where, 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 where's Mr. Hedgehog? And he's like, I really want to curl up. I really, really want to curl up. So he's just standing there. And he's like, I really want to curl up. And Mrs. Hedgehog is like, whatever you do, dearest, don't curl up. And seconds later, he's in a ball. Man, man. And there, and that, you know, I watched that yesterday and then my eyes were tearing up. Like, I was gone when she said, whatever you do, dearest, don't curl up. And she she looked like she was going to make it, but she didn't leave. She didn't leave her man. Yeah, she he, said she just, she's just took it with him. Yeah, because it's like he he went back to instincts. And as a result, so did she. And yeah, 
that that was just <sighs> man. I think I think we're a little bit desensitized to it because uh, coming from the countryside, we do see our fair share of hedgehogs all over the road. No, but the way the way they did it this time with like the way she just said, oh, "Whatever you do, dearest." Don't curl <laughs> up. The way she just said it in that voice. And she just takes a look back and their history. Yep. In the annals of history. And then so you still got Ada, who refuses to be carried over by Owl. Because she's like, I don't want to be carried by nobody. Like I would rather stay where I am. She's like, Ada's like, I'm good, I'm good. But Whistler... Like surprises Ada, and just grabs Ada by her neck, and she's just like, "Put me down at once!" And they get to the other side, and everyone's like, "Way, Ada, way!" And everyone's like, "Yeah, we're all together." And Toad's laughing at her and says, "She looks like and, a little maggot on her." Yeah. <laughs> and then, what did you watch of series two? Only episode 10 and the f- uh, I don't know what a series of finale was, but I watched the finale, but I didn't write any notes about that. Reconciliation. Yeah. With, so, a, with a rat. Oh, no, 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 no. The, the rats, the rats. Oh, you, oh, that's the finale finale then. Yeah. With the rats. Okay, yeah. So um, briefly, series two, they make it to White Deer Park, but they encounter blue foxes called Scarface. And Scarface and Fox, they don't get along. Fox and Vixen have cubs of their own. So there's Bold. There's... Uh, there's Bold. There's... Charmer. There's Dreamer. And there was another bloke, Fox. Which I can't think of his name. Sadly, Dreamer was killed by Scarface. He managed to get his hands on Dreamer and he just mauls ah, he mauls the poor baby Dreamer to death and after that Fox was like you know what, I'm going to keep y'all three close by and Bald didn't like that because he's just like, you know what, I want to be free, I don't want to be under your thumb and Fox was like, "Well, if you don't like that, then leave." And Fo- and and Bald was like, "You know what? I am. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna go. Like, whatever." He's like, "I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, I want to be free. I want to. I want to. I want to be here for a good time and not a long time." Which is essentially what happens to uh, the poor old uh, Bald. And yeah, so episode 10, fast forward to episode 10 and Shadows. So Bold arrives in town with Crow and they basically have a bargain of feeding one another. And he basically comes across a female fox called Vixen. And he likes what he sees. And so he goes back to her Earth. And so Crow, when Crow frees him of the agreement, he goes to like hang out with Whispermore, and he basically she knows of the legend of Fox and the heroic nature of Fox, and because he's a legend, 
And meanwhile, back in White Deer Park, Friendly is his name. Friendly is the name of the other fox. So Fox had Friendly, Dreamer, Charmer, and Bold. Those were the names of Fox's cubs. And Friendly finds out that Charmer is seeing Ranger, and Ranger was a blue fox and the son of Scarface. And initially, Fox was like, oh, no chance, no chance. Where Red Fox is and he's Blue Fox is. Like, what What do you, how, how are you going to see a Blue Fox? But she's like, I love him. He's the one. And Fox was like, you know what? I right, fine, bring him to me. Let's, uh, let's meet. And he meets him. And Ranger was like, in a fight between Blue Foxes and farming with animals, he's not going to fight for any side. And Fox is like, you know what? I ain't mad at him because he was honest. And he's like, you know what? Okay, let's see how it goes. I'm not going to give you my blessing right now, but we're going to see how it goes. And obviously in this episode, Badger. Snuffs this is another really sad moment where Badger's like, oh, I don't want to go to White Deer Park. I'm going to stay forever in Farthing Wood. And his time had come and he sadly passes away. Surrounded by all of his friends. A really touching moment between him and Mole as well. Yeah. Well, it's not the original Mole. No, but... This was Mole's, uh, Mole's missus, I think it was. Yeah, or Little Boy. Because I think Mole, he dies. Yeah. So yeah, some of the smaller animals didn't survive the winter in White Deer Park, and they sadly passed away. One of them included Mole. And yeah, he, he, he his time had come. Was that anything else about episode 10? Um, only going right back to the beginning, there's something that made me laugh in it was that um, uh, because Adder had killed someone, um, but oh, Weasel... Killed one of Ranger's brothers. Yeah, so Weasel and Weasley were in court uh, and Measley. their punishment... Oh, Measley. Measley. I'll put Weasley. Okay, write it down. Um, and um, yeah, they get pushed in a pond as punishment. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And everyone's <laughs> laughing at them. Yeah, and then I, I said that um, the foxes were having the racial thing. The blue fox can't marry a blue fox because he's blue. What are you doing? Um, yeah, everything else you covered. And then I, yeah, I did do. And then the finale, finale was the the one I watched. Oh, okay. So you, oh, I I watched um, reconciliation. So this was episode series two, episode thirteen, and they're all because obviously in between episode eleven and twelve. Fox and Scarface had a big old fight and it looked like Fox won the fight because, yeah, he left Scarface wounded and but everyone thought, oh, Scarface is done for but Scarface wasn't done for. He came back and he vengefully killed Mrs. Rabbit. So he literally just comes back, sneaks up out of nowhere, grabs Mrs. Rabbit by the neck and she's going, Dad! Panic! Don't panic! And he's got her by the neck. I don't know why I'm laughing. This is this is really sad. But she's literally squealing, going, Don't panic! Don't panic! And they're like, and obviously the rabbit's like, He's taking my wife away! Someone stop him! And she's obviously taken away and 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 whatnot. And Ada is like watching Scarface drinking at the pond. And Basically, because I think between this and series two, Scarface like bit Adder's tail right off. 
and she's like half of a snake almost. And he and Adams was basically like, "Yeah, Scarface is gonna pay for that." He's gonna and because obviously there's a bit where Scarface and Adder are like communicating with each other, and Scarface is like, "The minute you get out of that hole, like I'm gonna kill you." And Adder was like, "See if I don't get you first, Scarface." And so he's drinking some water. Adder's basically being a snake in the grass. And she's like slithering about. We're not, we're not really sure where Adder's going this way, that way. Who knows where. She goes right underneath the water. Basically bites Scarface like her life depended on it. And yeah, she basically kills Scarface. And obviously Scarface sees and he's like, trust me. He's like, this is on everything. Like, I'm going to be avenged. This is on everything I love. And so Scarface dies. And then basically Adder's bragging to Toad. And then Toad is like jumping about going, Scarface is dead! Scarface is dead! Yippee! Yippee! And 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 what have you and then it and then the news spreads around to white deer park and then fox is like well it's just as well that adder did it and not me meanwhile bold is really really he's like on his last leg literally he he yeah bold and uh whisper make it to white deer park and whispers like you know what i'm gonna get some food don't go anywhere and she's pregnant with cubs. And while she's going off, Bold is like to the crow, look, just lead me to a place where Whisper can't see me. They're in White Deer Park. They're safe. My job is done. So Crow and Bold are hiding someplace. And basically Whisper, she arrives at White Deer Park. She talks to Fox and the whole family and she's like i'm I'm the, I'm the mate of bold and he's gone to a little corner to to die maybe and then and so what happens is they all go to where bold is and bold is like oh mom dad and he's very very weak and fox is like i'm so sorry that we had an argument i'm so sorry i was hard on you you're the most brave, amazing fox that I've ever, ever met. And so one of the and and basically in this in this in this moment, he's saying to him, look, son, can you forgive me for 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 all the for all the wrong that I've done? And then bald, I think, gives like a little wry smile and he breathes his last breath and he sadly dies uh, a young pup and one of the and and the episode basically ends with fox giving his blessings to ranger and charmer's union and he was like maybe this is going to be the uh the start of a new a start of a new era in uh, white deer park episode three season three episode one comings and goings so the the great white stag who basically runs the park 
He's having a drink from a stream near the boundary. And at this point, many of the animals have got children and even grandchildren. Fox's got a grandson, Plucky, and he wanted a race with Dash. Weasel is even having children, and she's not particularly happy about that. And Whistler, who was flying around White Deer Park, sees the, the great white stag. And it looks like the weight, the great white stag had collapsed because the water he was drinking was poisoned. And basically, Whistler tells Fox and the other animals that, hey, look, the great white stag is no more. And now Trey is going to take his place. And Trey is like a bad-tempered deer. He's all like, yo, this is our park. We run this. You just live here sort of thing. Basically like Denzel in Training Day. I'm the man of Pinnis Beast. <laughs> I run this place. You just live here. And and what have you. And yeah. And so like non-deers are not allowed to drink. And so we meet a few rat, rats who have been watching. And they're all basically surveying the land. And basically some of the animals that were there from before start to leave slowly. So the weasels leave. Owl leaves to find a mate. Ada has a, a mate called Sinuous who comes along. And this is where we learn about Bully! 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 Who am I? Bully! Who am I? Bully! <laughs> and yeah, so these are rats who are moving reckless out of here. And they just basically cause havoc and, and mayhem in this whole series. And it culminates with episode 13. Bully, bully, bully! So uh, take it away. Um, so I didn't write notes about this, so you're going to have to excuse the sparsity of the actual notes. But basically, it culminates in a massive fight between the rats and everyone else, basically. Um, uh, the birds decide to get a jump on everything, and they swoop down and start taking them all out. Oh, um, Owl found a mate. Yeah, Owl. So and everyone was... was like, damn, you got a mate? Yeah. And they're like all going, oh, he's very handsome. And Weasel's like, oh, he's very handsome. Not like <laughs> this measly or ferret. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of the mate? I've forgotten. Oh. Sorry to put you on the spot. That's all right. Uh... I don't have it written down. But he was only there for one episode anyway, so... Um, oh, and Kestrel, she dies as well at some point, which I forgot to mention. Key, key, keep going! Key, <laughs> key. <laughs> key. I like Kestrel. Bless her. Key, key. Less of a pain in the neck than Al, to be fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they have a big fight, basically, and um, the... I'm going to really blast through this, but basically Weasel's kid chews off the tail of the big rat. Cleo. Yeah. 
and then um and then basically after that the because all the rats get mashed up anyway and they kind of have this standoff thing and then so the weasel goes off and just chews the tail straight off um and then the everyone laughs at the rat and when he says bully who am i and then no one says bully and then um only him and his thing have to, they have to beat a retreat um so they kind of they all lose the big fight uh and then the stag decides to move on to he says sorry for being such a pain in the neck um and then he said that there's a place a new place to move on to or something like that a new place across the road and that's all i wrote down right so um, i'll try and fill in the gaps so the notes that I've got for episode 13 is Owl and Hollow return to White Deer Park and they overhear Bully addressing an assembly of these rats and then she goes to gather the other animals and they plan a counterattack. Plucky sends Mossy, the mole, to find Laird so that he can send the white deer to stampede the rats. And even though, despite their best efforts, the rats are dead, just too big numbers. And there appears no chance to stop them until Cleo bites off Bully's tail. For some reason, throughout all of this, the, the, the rats were terrified of the weasels. Because I love when I Bully's they're like... they're an enemy, aren't they? Maybe, yeah. So um, when uh, Bully was addressing the rats, he was like, We're gonna kill them all, foxes! Rabbits, weasels, <laughs> like taking like a double step. And then when Cleo just bites off Bully's tail and all the animals are laughing. And there's Spike, who actually become friends with uh, the other animals at White Deer Park. And so, yeah, they have the big battle. And because they bite the rat's tail off, they're like, you know what? Let's go to the sewers. That humans will treat us much better than the other animals and so they all scarper to the sewers and so fox is like you know what i'm getting a bit old and he was like i'm going to choose plucky to be the uh, next leader of the uh, animals because he's got the uh, the spirit of farthing wood in his blood because obviously Ranger's like, yo, what about me? Why you ain't going to pick me? But he's like, you're going to be useful for other things. But he's like, I want the spirit of White Deer Park to live on long after I'm gone. And then, yeah, Trey informs the other animals that the warden has merged White Deer Park with the new sanctuary to make one large wildlife preserve. So now there's plenty of space for everybody and so he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on the beef thing anymore. It's all good in the hood." And one of Plucky's first decisions as leader was after hard days fighting, everyone should get some rest. And we're going to basically explore the new addition to White Deer Park the next day. And so that was the end of the Animals of Farmingwood. Ah, what a trip! What a pretty, trip! It was pretty good, man. Like the, oh yeah, the, um, yeah. the whole like you know having such a monumental storyline carried through so many series, and it's pretty good. Definitely, and yeah, like I said, this was something that I watched as a kid. It traumatized me somewhat. It kind of <laughs> made me realize that 
life is life is cold, man. It's a cold world. It's a cold, cold world. That's what I learned. And I learned that hedgehogs ball up when they get scared. I learned <laughs> that pheasants are rubbish at flying. And I learned the that weasels, weasels are annoying creatures. And foxes are all cockney. <laughs> like like me old son fox. I love you that to Owl. You really are a crafty old bird, ain't ya? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I no, this is like a symbolic cartoon of my childhood. And it's like one that I um man, this is this is one of those like forever things, isn't it? And this is one of those where you you should watch it with your kids, but at the right time. Yeah. So I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't recommend you showing it to your son just yet. Right about now. Let him let him uh, have his idea of animals as they are and then when the time <laughs> is right you could just throw him in there with all the other all the other animals and 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 what have you. So is that it? Is that all? I think that's all man. I, 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 I'm pretty sure I'm going to be buying the books at some point. Yeah. Um before we get to the cartoon, you know, like it's it like you said it's monumental it's like it's very iconic it's something that oh, definitely. i think everyone certainly of our generation <clears throat> um would have heard of heard of this book heard of this definitely. tv show Absolutely. and seen or watched it in some some respect so like it's huge the theme song is so iconic the characters are iconic so yeah, I don't even have to make notes necessarily. Like I could just know I know the characters, how they all sound, their mannerisms. Did you notice on YouTube most of the links were German? Like most yeah. of the uh, most of the the episode. Notes so the titles were German. And yeah, I'm thinking, uh, they're not English, <laughs> and then you watch it, and then it's all English, and it's like, oh, okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, I was a bit worried to begin with. Yeah, I I, I was as well. I was I was I was like. Have I have I have I have I sent the wrong link or something? But um, no, yeah, they were they were all readily accessible, and I recommend you go out of your way to watch this program. And yeah, I think that would be a good place to bring it to an end. This is the last episode for a little bit because uh, we're going to take a break for Ramadan, but uh, we will be back afterwards with uh, some. Uh, Brand new episodes and a lot more cartoons and, and TV shows. But between now and then, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of stuff for you to listen to. I'm going to try and drop all of the interviews that I've done with other people and put that and put put something together. And yeah, you've got about 30 odd episodes to keep you going, particularly the newer listeners, especially from Ecuador. So uh, there's plenty of uh, content for you guys to to indulge yourselves with, especially when uh, we've got this uh, this Rona still uh, still happening. And uh, by the time we finish Ramadan, we're probably still going to be in lockdown, or hopefully by then it would have eased up. I don't know. With a bit of luck. I don't really want to be stuck in too much longer, to be honest. <laughs> Cabin fever's nearly there. I know. Yeah, I want. I want. I want to go to the park. 
soon yeah. and just be outside. But um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully it won't be long. But uh, there you are. And uh, yeah, so yesterday's capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. Give us a listen. Give us a shout. And yeah, there's plenty of stuff to keep me going until the end of Ramadan. Uh, you can follow me on the socials at Abdullah underscore Molim on Insta and Abdullah Molim, all one word, on Twitter. You can follow the channel Yesterday's Capers on Instagram at Yesterday's Capers 1. You can follow on Twitter at Yesterday Capers. We're also on YouTube, so youtube.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers. We're also on there. I hope everyone has a nice and safe Ramadan. Make sure you're observing it all at home. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, be able to come out of it the other side. And, obviously, belatedly, hope everybody had a good Easter, good Passover, and all of that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, join us after Ramadan for more episodes of Yesterday's Capers. <laughs>